Good morning, Christ Church. Uh, I'm Pastor Bob, lead pastor here at uh, uh, Christ Church, and we are uh, continuing uh, in the story. And uh, last week, Pastor Andrew shared with you uh, in the story of the New Testament, uh, and really the, the story itself, uh, kind of the pinnacle moment, right? Uh, the pinnacle experience uh, of Jesus uh, rising from the dead, right? I mean, it is like does it get any better in the story? I mean, it is the pinnacle experience that Jesus defeats sin. He destroys the fear of death. He eliminates the power of the devil in our lives. I mean, it is the freedom moment, right? That, I mean, it's right there. The pinnacle experience of the story. Now, if you're a novel reader uh, and you read a lot of stories, you know that when you get to the pinnacle uh, experience in the story, right, the pinnacle moment when, you know, the good guy defeats the bad guy and, and uh, gets the girl or whatever, right, uh, you're kind of like, okay, well, I guess we're done, right? I mean, one of two things happen. It's either it's like the end of the story and you get a little and they live happily ever after, right? Uh, or, or you're left kind of answering, asking the question, you know, the pinnacle moment, and then like, well, so what's next, right? I mean, what could possibly happen next given the extraordinary pinnacle moment? And that's kind of where we are today. We've had that extraordinary pinnacle moment, and we're left with the question of, well, what's next? And uh, in the book of Acts, there is kind of the what's next uh, moment, right? Remember, Jesus uh, raises from the dead, uh, and then he hangs out, right? He hangs around for 40 days uh, with his uh, disciples. Now, as you're thinking about the what next moment, remember that, right? So, So Jesus has been hanging out with his followers and disciples for 40 days. The risen Jesus has been hanging out. Are you following this? He's been hanging out with these guys for 40 days. Put yourself in their shoes. How awesome is it to hang out with the risen Jesus, right? I mean, wow, incredible stuff, right? And, and they're hanging out, and he's giving them instructions and doing stuff and, and getting them ready for this moment that we experience in the book of Acts right away in the first chapter. And this is kind of that what's next moment. It is one of my favorite moments uh, in the story, in the Scripture experience, right? Uh, Jesus is with his disciples. He gives them kind of some final instructions. And then all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, all of a sudden, he just ascends, right? I mean, there's no kind of buildup, just saying, guys, uh, the countdown is on the screen, and in five minutes, I'm going to be blasting off, and, uh, you know, no, I mean, he just kind of gives them some final instructions, and then, and then the scripture says, and just, there he goes, you know, there, whoop, oh, whoop, oh, there he goes, kind of thing, right? And, and the disciples are there, and they're just like, if you look at the text in tennis, as they strain to see him rising into heaven, right? So they're like, you know, just I want to see the bottom of his sandals one more time, you know, uh, trying to catch that last glimpse of Jesus. And the what next moment happens. It says two angels in white robes uh, show up and stand among them, which in and of itself is a pretty awesome experience, okay? Last time you had an angel standing in your midst, whoo, 
right? Two angels show up, white robes, camisum, standing in the midst of them, and they ask the what's next question. Men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Why are you standing here? Why, why are you just standing around trying to get that last glimpse of Jesus' sandals? I mean, seriously, what, what are you doing? Why are you just standing here? That is the what next question. For those of you who have kids, you know, I've had three of them roll off the assembly line and, and uh, you know, try to build them up. And, you know, as they're growing up, you try to teach them responsibility and stuff. And so periodically, you know, I would say to them or Joe would say to them, hey, uh, you need to go to your room and uh, clean up. You need to clean up that room. And so you send them to the room and what do you do? And 10 or 15 minutes later, you go check it out, right? you got to go inspect and make sure it's getting done. And so 10, 15 minutes later, you know, you walk into the room. And every so often I'd walk into the room after they'd been given that instruction, go in there and clean up your room. I'd walk into the room, and there they would be uh, sitting on their bed reading a book. Now, that's kind of a tough moment because sitting on the bed reading a book is not a bad thing, right? I mean, reading a book is a, a good thing. It was really tough when I walked in there sitting there reading their Bible, right? But... <laughs> Anyway, right? You walk in, they're reading the book. And and that's not really a bad thing. But what's the problem? They're supposed to be doing something else, right? They're supposed to be about the task of cleaning up their room. This is the what next question as the story continues. Men of Galilee... Why are you standing around? Why are you just sitting on the bed reading a book when you've been given very clear instructions about the most valuable way to spend your life? Why are you just standing around trying to get the last glimpse of his sandals when you have the opportunity to experience the power of Christ loose in your life into the lives of others. Why would you just stand around? See, before he ascended, Jesus gave them some very clear instructions. Go clean clean your room, right? Some very clear instructions. And he gives those instructions to them even though they don't fully understand that they're hanging out with the risen Jesus after the pinnacle experience, and they still don't fully understand. And, and so in Acts 1, just before he ascended, he's giving these final instructions. He says, so when the apostles were with the risen Jesus, they, they kept asking him. So they don't just ask this once. They keep asking, right? What do they ask? Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore whose kingdom? What's the word? Our. What's the concept? Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore my kingdom? To restore the kingdom the way I want you to. To to, to do the stuff in my life I want you to. To to, to do the things that are really good for me. Lord, is it time now that you're resurrected and you defeated evil and you've conquered death and you've freed us from the power of sin? Now is the time when you do everything for my benefit, Lord. Is that what's going to happen now? 
Jesus responds. Look, the Father alone has the authority to set the dates and the times. They're not for you to know. But here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to get. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's a given. You're going to receive that power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And as a result, you will be my witnesses, telling people about me where? Everywhere. That means wherever you are, whatever you're doing, when you're at work, when you're at home, when you're with your neighbors, when you're with your co-workers, when you're with your friends, when you're at the movie theater, when you're at the grocery store, when you're wherever you are, everywhere you go, everything you're about, everything that consumes your life, everything that comprises your experience, every thought, word, energy, every focus, every dream, everywhere that you are, this is what you do now. Just tell people about Jesus. And that everywhere is going to include Jerusalem and throughout Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, there's a whole sermon just in that line, by the way, but the summary is uh, when they're in Jerusalem, well, you're going to do that in comfortable places, familiar places, Jerusalem, comfortable, familiar places, but you're going to be pushed and extended to go beyond. You're going to go out there into Judea, not as uncomfortable, but but still, you're going to be pushed to go kind of beyond, out into that work environment, out into the neighborhood, out into those places that you go, right? And you're going to go to Samaria. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Who wants to go to Samaria? You see, God is going to ask you and push you and encourage you and empower you to go to places in your life that you don't even want to go, that you don't even think you ought to go. But nonetheless, he is going to send you where? Everywhere. And to the ends of the earth. Does that qualify as everywhere? Men of Galilee, why why are you standing gazing into heaven when you have the incredible opportunity to spend your life in the cause of the kingdom of heaven and tell somebody about Jesus because that's what's next that's what's next in the story that's what the story now becomes God now exerts the power of his Holy Spirit into the lives of his people to empower them so that they now have a new direction in their life. And that direction is all about the kingdom, not about them. Lord, will you at this time restore our kingdom? No. It's not about you. It's not about your life going the way you want it. It is about the kingdom. When you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you surrender your life into the cause. Your life becomes about something bigger and greater than yourself. It becomes about the name of Jesus. And your life takes on a whole new direction. 
the Apostle Paul, he had a direction in his life for a while. His direction was to persecute Jesus, right? To do everything he could to stop the spread of the gospel, to do everything he would to, could to squelch the name of Jesus. And what does Jesus do? Jesus invades his life. He's on the road to Damascus, and Jesus invades his life. He says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who, who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. You see, his life goes from one direction to a whole new direction, and he now lives under a whole new command. His life is about something completely different than himself. And that's what happens. That's what's next, not only in the story, but that's what's next when you receive Jesus Christ. That's what's next for us. You see, if you're in the room today and you're living your life and it's all about you and it's all about your stuff and it's all about what you think you ought to do in your life and it's all about what you think you ought to accomplish in your life and it's all about how you define success, I want to invite you to give that up. Free yourself from that. And just surrender into the life that Jesus would choose for you. Because he will set you on a path that elevates your life to accomplish things you never thought possible. And it happens over and over and over again in the story of the book of Acts. In the story of God's people. New life, new direction, new things just keep happening. Why? Because they receive a new power. They receive a new power. Jesus says, hang out for a while. My Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and it does. His word always gets fulfilled. The Holy Spirit comes upon them, and these guys, their lives get elevated, and they get changed. I mean, you, you look at the disciples, who they were when Jesus was walking the earth, and they were hanging out together, and you look at the disciples, who they became after Jesus resurrected and the Holy Spirit came upon them, And man, they are like, who are these people? Are they the same people? No, they're not. Their life has been changed. Their life has been transformed. They have a new direction. They have a new purpose. Their life is elevated. They're about something bigger than themselves. And they have a new power loose in their life. Acts 1 says, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Where? In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And we see it happen over and over again in the story. Do you remember this guy, Peter? The apostle Peter? Hang around with Jesus, right? Like 43 days before this, right? 45 days before this, Jesus is arrested. He's on trial. Peter follows him. He's outside in the garden. And he's warming himself by the fire. And all it takes is the questioning of a servant girl to intimidate him, to make him cower and deny Jesus three times. Remember the story? After the resurrection and, more importantly, after the Holy Spirit is poured into his life, after he understands his life is about something bigger and greater than himself, after that, he becomes something you can't even recognize 
like the old Peter. It says in Acts 3, three chapters in, Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. 45 days earlier, a servant girl makes him cower and deny Jesus. 45 days later, he's looking for the opportunity to stand up in front of a huge crowd of people and tell them about Jesus. How did that happen? How did that happen? Is that the same guy? No. His life has been transformed. And that's what happens when the Holy Spirit invades you. Life becomes something different. Life doesn't become about you anymore. It becomes about someone else bigger and greater than yourself. And people begin to notice and see the new direction and the new power loose in your life. And you begin to accomplish things that you never thought possible in your life. The Sanhedrin, the ruling council of the Jews, they get Peter and John in front of them, and they don't even recognize these guys, right? They say the members of the council, they're amazed. They, they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see, here's what they knew about them, they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the Scriptures. But what was different about them? They had a boldness. They understood. They were sold out. They were all in on just telling people about Jesus. And all these guys could recognize about them was they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. They knew. They knew they were with Jesus. See, when we get that Holy Spirit power loose, when our life gets elevated, we take on a whole new direction in our lives. And that direction is simple. Everywhere, all the time, just speak the name of Jesus into somebody else's life. I mean, can you think of anything more important in your life than telling somebody else about the new life they can have in Jesus. I'll tell you, there's nothing in my garage more important than that. There's nothing in my house more important than that. There's nothing in my bank account more important than that. I mean, I, I can't imagine anything more important than spending my life in a simple what's next purpose to just tell somebody about Jesus. By Acts 4, they are even asking God to bless them with boldness. These guys by Acts 4 in the story, they, they are now imploring Christ and saying, just men, just empower us even more. Just put your blessing on us even more that we would even more boldly proclaim the name of Jesus. And now, Lord, hear their threats, even though they're in opposition. Hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in what? Promoting themselves? No. In preaching what? In preaching your word. Just talking about Jesus. And this newness affects all of their life. It's not just about speaking the name of Jesus. They, they get captured by the cause of the kingdom of heaven. They understand their life getting elevated to a new place. They discover radical generosity 
right? I mean, we talk about it every week around here, radical generosity. Every week we try to tell you about that, right? It's not a new concept. We didn't come up with it. This is what happens when you get captured by the gospel. All of a sudden, your life gets elevated. There's nothing more important, even your stuff. You look at them. All the believers were united in heart and mind, meaning they were captured by the cause, right? They're captured by the cause of Christ. And they felt that what they owned was not what not their own. It wasn't theirs. Not about them. It wasn't their own. So they shared everything they had. And the, po- the apostle testified powerfully to the pinnacle moment in the story, to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessings that was upon them all. Their lives were transformed, and they even welcomed sacrifice. They, they stepped into this new chapter in the story, this new life, this new direction, and, and they even welcomed sacrifice. They even saw that sacrifice was an opportunity for God to work. Acts 9, but the Lord said, Go, Saul, for Saul's my chosen instrument. Take my message to Gentiles and the kings, as well as the people of Israel, and I'll show you how much you must suffer for my name's sake. Paul was all in, and he welcomed sacrifice. And he's not alone. He's not alone in the persecution that happened in the what next story. And those guys, when they understood their life was about something bigger than themselves, they, they saw God using sacrifice for his purposes. You look in, in Acts 8. A great wave of persecution began to sweep, that day began to sweep over the church in Jerusalem. Now, remember where we, the verse we started in Acts about where they were supposed to go and tell people about Jesus, right? Remember that? Where were they supposed to go? Into Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Remember that? Uh, don't forget that. Acts 8. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers except the apostles who were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and even persecution was welcomed because they saw it as an opportunity to continue the story. They saw it as an opportunity to continue advancing the kingdom and the cause. They saw it as an opportunity to step into whatever God chose for their life, even the sacrifice. They had a new direction. They had a new power. They had a new purpose that was bigger than themselves. And they welcomed the purpose, and they stepped into radical generosity, and they even welcomed the sacrifice and the outcome. The outcome was they experienced incredible increase. This this guy, Peter, who looked for that opportunity, got up and preached an incredible message in Acts 2, and those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about how many? Good day's work. 3,000 people, right? And you think, well, that was just one time, one good message. No, it happened. It continued. This increase just continued and continued and continued. But many of the people who heard their message believed it, so the number of men who believed now totaled about 5,000. You know what I love? uh, 5,000 and 3,000 equals, do the math, 
Thank you. 8,000. Guess what the vision is for Christ Church? Don't tell me it can't happen. It just did. Don't let the evil one deceive you. It can't happen. It just did. And Scripture says that that's only the beginning. That God continued to work and the message continued to spread and the number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. Can you believe that? I mean, if you would have laid odds, if Vegas would have put odds down on this one, right? That, that by Acts 6, by the 6th chapter of the story, the new beginning of the story, by the 6th chapter, that Jewish priests would become followers of Jesus Christ. What do you think the odds would have been? There have been people in line to lay that bet. No way! Are you kidding me? Not possible! And that by the sixth chapter, the power of God working in God's people who understand their life to be about something bigger and greater than themselves reaches even into Jewish priests and ultimately into Herod's own household, Scripture says. Never underestimate what God can do with your life and who God can reach through you. You see the what next? The what next is a new movement and a new cause and a new life that begins. They devoted themselves, the apostles, teaching to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, to prayer, and everybody was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. What did they do? They became church. They became church. And they saw their lives about something bigger than themselves. And they were willing to step into radical generosity. And they even welcomed sacrifice because they saw the possibility of what the Holy Spirit could do in their life to reach one more person with the name of Jesus. If you're a follower of Christ, if you've already surrendered your life, your life is not your own. Your life is about someone bigger and greater than yourself. And what's next for you is just telling people about Jesus everywhere you are. Back in the beginning of Acts, when Jesus ascended into heaven and those white-robed angels came, they asked the what next question, and they said, listen, why, why are you standing here gazing into heaven? But they also told those disciples, listen, Jesus has gone into heaven, but he will come back one day. So you see, you already know the end of the story. You already know what's going to happen ultimately. The only question for us how are we going to spend our lives? For what purpose are you going to spend your life? For some of you, I hope you're ready for a new beginning, for a new chapter, for a what's next uh, in your life, and you're ready to let Jesus Christ forgive you and crush the power of sin of your life and destroy the fear of death, release you from the shame, and just give you that new beginning.
And for those of you that are already on board, you're already all in for Christ, I am excited about what the Holy Spirit is going to do through you because He will do some things you never dream of or imagine to bring one more person into the kingdom of heaven. We're building walls out there. We're building walls uh, not just for the folks that are here, but more importantly, we're building those walls for the people that aren't here yet because we know there's more people for us to reach. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thanks. The story continues. Uh, it's not just a book of Acts story. It's our story. It's what's next for us. And Lord, we know sometimes we just stand around and gaze into heaven. We get so focused on the things that are about us. Forgive us. Forgive us for that. And Holy Spirit, please come. Please come and invade us, not only with that grace and that forgiveness and free us from that, but empower us, empower us to see our lives about some, someone bigger and greater than ourselves, that we would use our lives for the cause of the kingdom of heaven. And Lord, for those that aren't here yet, we pray, give us every opportunity to just speak the name of Jesus. Give us every opportunity to do the same thing that those early apostles did, to just step willingly into generosity, to step even into sacrifice, because nothing's more important. Nothing is more important than someone else coming to know you and the promise of eternity. So, Lord, encourage us and bless us with your strength, your power, your word. We join those apostles, and we pray, and we ask, give us such boldness. Give us such boldness that we can speak the name of Jesus. We ask it in his precious name. Amen.